Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Spring deals at Ross will have you saying, it's a yes for me. Say yes to trending looks like tube tops, dad shorts, and miniskirts for less than online, or vintage tees and beach shorts for a weekend getaway. With all the styles to choose from, there's a yes around every corner. Because saving money and looking good is what you do. It's a yes for you and your bank account. Hit up Ross for your certified yes for me moment. The song is, what if I had it all, but I had no one's call. Mm -hmm. And if Bieber fever isn't cutting it, Mm -hmm. then nothing's going to cut it. Mm -hmm. Popularity is never going to equal connection and Mm -hmm. actually requires that we show up in a real and authentic way Mm -hmm. without filters. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly the opposite as social media or Mm -hmm. trying to trying to create admiration is the opposite of connection. You're listening to She with Jordan Lee Dooley, a personal development podcast for the everyday woman. Come invited, leave ignited. Here's your host, Jordan Lee Dooley. Hey, Amy and Jess, welcome to She. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. So excited to have you guys. This is a topic that I just think is so important to talk about. And it's one that occasionally we talk about in the show, but it's like every time we do, everyone's like more, give me more of this. So I'm excited to talk about (laughs) finding real life friends, navigating adult friendships, like all the things. But before we dig into some of the nitty gritty, I would love to hear a little bit about your backgrounds and how you two became friends. I mean, I know you met online, but how did that come about and how did you become friends in real life? We were actually in a writing group together. And so we were familiar with each other. We wrote for the same, uh, like a contributor site. Uh So we're all in this group together. And so anyways, I just, I had read Jess. I had followed her. I was actually a big fan of hers. And I just sent her a message on Instagram one day to let her know that I was cheering her on from afar and that I loved what she did. And that just sort of the conversation took off and we became very fast friends. And it went from, you know, kind of like you go from an Instagram message to like, hey, would you like to talk mm-hmm. on the phone mm-hmm. and hit that first base? Would you like to go to first base with me? And then you know, <laughs> after you talk on the phone for a while, then we actually started Sister I Am With You before we'd ever met in person, which sounds crazy, but mm-hmm. it seemed very natural at the time. Mm-hmm. And then we met in real life and, and here we are. Wow. So fun. You know, I feel like it's interesting now because if you rewind like 10, 15 years, it was super weird to meet people online, right? It was like you were for sure getting catfished and it just like wasn't a thing. And now I just think with the way that social media has evolved and grown and also the way that like being able to connect online has grown, it's I mean, some of my closest friends and business besties and all of that, like I found online and it's like, wow, like I wouldn't have these relationships if not for the internet. So it can be such an amazing tool for friendship. And I just love that that's a little part of your story. I love that, you know, like if you're in a business, like writing, podcasting, blogging online, whatever you're doing online, it's such a weird world. Mm -hmm. And none of my personal in life friends are doing this. So it's 
I don't know how I would navigate that world without mm-hmm. people doing the same thing. Yeah. I don't know how I would do it if I couldn't look at people as friends and not competitors. Like, I think it's so natural to look at like, oh, they're my competition. But man, what a beautiful thing when we can step back and go, what if we made friends? Yeah. What if we helped each other? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Absolutely. I love that. Well, I know that you guys created, you mentioned this, you guys created the online community, Sister, I'm With You, where you honestly talk, or we talk honestly about friendships as adults. But I'm curious, why did you decide on the topic of friendship? I think that, well, as we became friends, as we were talk, all of a sudden talking for like hours on the phone, we just really connected over friendship mm-hmm. and how important it is to both of us and how difficult it can be and complicated and all of that. So we really connected over that. And then we just started to realize that there just wasn't any other place on the internet that we could find that was talking about it in a real and authentic way mm-hmm. and kind of normalizing all the struggle that comes along with it. Because I think as adults, or I know as adults, we often think like, we should just have this figured out. Like mm-hmm. everybody else has friends except for me. Mm-hmm. Why, why am I missing something that has made me lonely And it's just so powerful to just turn the lights on and be like, hey, Mm -hmm. it's a struggle for everyone. Mm -hmm. It's a struggle for me. I've gone through friendship breakups. Mm -hmm. I've gone through years of feeling lonely and isolated and not Mm -hmm. knowing where to start. That's a story for so many of us. So Mm -hmm. I think our heart and our vision behind it was just let's create a space where we talk about it in a real way Mm -hmm. that empowers women to connect to each other. That's good. You know, one thing that I'm curious about too is there's something I think different about, and you touched on this, like how it can be hard or challenging. And I think there is something different about making friends as an adult that's maybe a little harder than when we were kids. And unlike a lot of things in our life, you can't just like press fast forward on a relationship or snap your fingers and, you know, like you can't Amazon Prime a friend, right? Whereas like you can order something online and you get it, right? But there's, and so I think in our like current culture, there's this like instant gratification that's happening in more and more ways. But then relationally, obviously that's like not, that doesn't work in real life, right? And so I would just be curious what your biggest piece of advice is that that you would share with women when it comes to making friends as an adult. Like what are some ways to do that in a way that like you mentioned is like authentic and not weird and like still organic? Like what tips would you have for making friends or meeting friends as an adult when it's just not something that, you know, can happen immediately or easily for somebody depending on their season of life or just maybe they moved or they're just finding themselves like struggling to find community. I would just love to hear the advice that you would share with them when it comes to how do you go about making friends as an adult? You're not like sitting in a classroom with 30 other kids your age anymore. I would say the first piece is to just kind of acknowledge that it is going to be a little bit weird. I mean, it is. Yeah. It's going to be a little bit awkward sending a message to a stranger. That's weird. Um, <laughs> and there's a very good chance that you, I think part of the reason kids are so good about it is because kids don't, kids haven't been rejected mm-hmm. in a way that adults have. Mm-hmm. So they're not scared of rejection. Mm-hmm. They're not scared of it. My, I mean, my daughter is five and I'll tell you not once has it ever crossed her mind that, oh, if I ask this person to play, they might not like me mm-hmm. and that will hurt my feelings. Mm-hmm. No, she's like, no, I'm just going to ask this person to play because mm-hmm. why wouldn't we want to play together? Mm-hmm. And so I think something that's happened is adults, we've been rejected. We have hurt and we all, it's like we have this cavity, like this open wound. 
that if I make a conversation with someone, if I invite someone, if I open up to someone and they reject me, it's going to tap into that wound even further. And so we're terrified. But I think the first step is to acknowledge it is probably going to be a little bit weird. It is probably going to be a little bit uncomfortable. But I always, you know, tell people, I'm like, you kind of have to play it like Ariel and be where the people are. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to. You're going to have to go out. I know that's easier as in if you're extroverted. I'm I'm somewhere in the middle of an extra, extrovert and an introvert. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you're going to have to be where people are. And you are going to have to open up. And you're going to have to acknowledge that this may be weird, but it's weird for everyone. This may be a little bit uncomfortable, but I'm going to push through because all the good things in life take work. Mm -hmm. All the really good things in life take effort. And friendship is one of those things, but it is absolutely worth it. Yeah. I think, too, if I could add to that is intentionality and to not expect it to happen overnight and to carve out the time that you do have in your day. Cause a lot of us are busy. We're le- living crazy lives, but carving out the time that you do have and setting it, setting it aside for your friendships because over time they will grow in depth and um, they will become the kind of friendships that you're longing for, but we have to make the time and it's consistency over how long. I think a lot of times we get overwhelmed with like, well, I don't have a time have time to go out for a girls' night, or I don't have time to do this or that. But what do you have time for? Mm-hmm. And then doing it consistently. That's good. Yeah, I mean, even if what you have time for is like a quick voice message exchange back and forth while you're on the way to work, right? Or like exactly something to check yep. in yep. And, and consistently being there. Yeah, that's good. I think that's also important yep. for like maintaining friendships. You know, it's like you yep. might make a new oh. friend, but to build that relationship, it can be hard when you're busy. You've got yep. two different conflicting yes. schedules. But just to pop up and be like, hey, I'm here. I'm thinking of you. You know, give me a quick life yeah, update. Exactly. Like sometimes exactly. the life like, update. Like make a habit. Yeah, totally. That's yeah. And, and I think like, the, I think your advice to you know, do the thing that is realistic that you can be consistent about is so good because that's going to look different for all of us. But I think a lot of us have this idea that in order to build real, deep, meaningful friendships, I need to be going to, you know, like, I mean, I think, I, and I don't know if you guys have ever felt this, but as a woman, I think a lot of us, like if we get invited to something, whether we're invited to a, someone's house or to a girl's night or to an event, and if we don't have the capacity to go or we don't say yes, like, I don't know if you've ever freaked out, but I think in my brain, there's been times where I'm like, are they going to think I don't care? Like, am I going to lose my friends, you know? And I think the advice to just lean into like, okay, I might not be able to do every event or thing that I'm invited to, but can I just commit to being the consistent person that continues to check in and show up in this time when I'm traveling or I'm in a busy season or I have a million kids running around or whatever might be going on to where you're just less available. I think, I mean, I know when I'm on the receiving end of that, even if I haven't seen a friend for a year, just like the the friend who consistently checks in and sends me a voice note or a little text or gives me a quick call or whatever, just consistently every month or two, I'm just hearing from them and they're checking in and they're wanting updates. Like I feel closer to them half the time than I, than the people that I see, you know, in, in person, it's crazy. So yep, I have totally, to like yeah. rewire my brain sometimes to remember that it's not always about like the long, big over like time commitments. It's about the consistency. Yeah, Yeah, consistency is huge. Like, I don't think good friendships can happen without consistency. Mm -hmm. I don't think they, like, it's so important that we, like, form those habits. Like, when Jess and I were becoming friends, that kind of became our thing. I would call her during pickup line for my kids because I knew I was always going to be sitting there for 30 minutes. 
Jess was going to call me while she was running, which is very impressive <laughs> that she can run and talk at the wow. same time. Yeah. <laughs> <Which full laughs> I sound like I'm hyperventilating the whole time, but <laughs> we're still able to connect. That's so <laughs> funny. Still work. So it's just like those little habits that you can form and get in the habit of because we all only have 24 hours a day. That's yeah. it. That's all all of us have. So I think whenever you love something, you sort of like protect it mm-hmm. and make boundaries about it and say, no, this is really important to who I am as a person. Mm-hmm. This is really important to my life, to my happiness, to what I want. So I'm going to protect it and I'm going to do it. And just like you said, like it can be something very small. It'd be like, you know what? I'm going to send three text messages to different friends every day to reach mm-hmm. out. And that would take like what, like a total of mm-hmm. one minute. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's all, there's always something we can be doing. Yeah. I think too, that there's some shame attached to not having friendships, kind of like any other area of our life where we feel like we're failing. Mm-hmm. And so then it can be the same thing as like, oh, I'm out of shape. I need to be able to run 10 miles mm-hmm. and running a block just isn't enough or whatever. But it takes, you have to run a block and then walk and run a block in order to build up to being able to run a longer distance. But we're so accustomed to just wanting, like you said, the things happen yeah. overnight. But in realizing you don't have deep friendships can kind of put you into that place where you're like, well, shoot, I don't, I don't know how to build that by tomorrow, mm-hmm. but you're not, you're not going to, but if you can carve out those tiny pieces of time and do what you can, then it will grow. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. I mean, I think that pertains to anything, but I think when we're so, when we're like longing so much for someone who gets us, you know, or someone we can rely on or just community, like like like-mindedness, it can be so hard to be patient in that. And I think it can be really easy to get discouraged. And I'd be curious what your thoughts are on this too. Like for the person who's, you know, maybe not necessarily had a friendship breakup, maybe that too, but who's also just like tried and kind of felt like, gosh, like the last few times I tried this, you know, in the last city I moved to or whatever, I just felt like I was hitting Mm. brick wall after brick wall. Or like, I remember when I was like in college or something, maybe I was in high school. I remember like venting to my mom and I said something like, I just feel like with girls, like I just, I'll be friends with them for a while. And then they find a new group of people and like our friendship expires. Like, it's just like, we're, it's there, but it's not. And like, it becomes less important to them. And I would just be curious what encouragement or advice you'd have to someone who's navigating that just feeling like I'm putting in the effort. Like I'm trying to show up, but I almost am starting to get the vibe that I'm annoying them or like they have better, bigger fish to fry and other people to hang out with. Or like, you know, they're just not prioritizing the relationship the same way I'm trying to like, what's your advice in that situation? Do you just kind of let the friendship fizzle? Do you keep trying? Do you put yourself out there with other people? Like, I think it can be hard and discouraging to keep doing that when you've had a couple situations that have just made you feel like, I don't know, maybe people just don't want to be friends with me, you know? So I'd just be curious what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, that's, that's so hard. And we hear that all the time Mm -hmm. from, from women. Like I've been trying for so long and Mm -hmm. it's just not reciprocal. Mm -hmm. I would say something that we talk about a lot is Give yourself permission to invest elsewhere. If it's not reciprocal, if they're not getting back to you, if they're, if it doesn't feel like a two-way street, then it really, it's hard to swallow, but it's not really a friendship. If they're not investing back, mm-hmm. then it's not really a friendship. It can be something else. Like I think sometimes we have a season where we just feel called to love someone mm-hmm. and serve them and reach out to them. And that's important too. But if it's not a two-way street, it's not real friendship. So I guess giving yourself permission to invest elsewhere and something that Amy talks a lot about, and she could say more about this is looking for someone else that's on the outside, someone else that could use a friend Mm -hmm. and investing in them 
Yeah, that is something I think I struggled with so much. It's just like, just like when you said, I feel like my friendships have an expiration date. Like mm-hmm. I wanted to scream like, yes, me too. Mm-hmm. Me too. And I, not for lack of effort. I try very hard. They've, mm-hmm. they've always, friendships have always been important to me. Mm-hmm. So I just felt like, my thing was, I was like, why am I so easy to leave? Mm-hmm. Like, what is wrong with me that I'm easily left? I'm easily forgotten. What am I doing? And so what I realized is a couple things was one, maybe I really needed to know myself really well and mm-hmm. get comfortable with who I am and to stop trying to please everyone all the time mm-hmm. and to kind of fit and force my enforce and mold myself into a thousand different boxes and just be myself mm-hmm. and authentic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that was huge for me. Mm-hmm. And then after that, realize, like, I can't change other people ever. I can never change them. I can't make them want to be my lifelong friend. Mm-hmm. I can't make them want to be my friend at all. All I can do is get out there, give it my absolute best, and feel confident enough in that, that if it works out, cool. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. But also just really think about where am I prioritizing? What, where am I giving my time? And I, I really just like just said, and it's a chapter in the book, I started going, okay, is there anyone else on the outside? Because I felt mm-hmm. like I was trying to like scratch and claw yeah. my way into the middle of a group. Mm-hmm. But the truth is those people had their friends. Mm-hmm. They, they had an established group. And it's, they were wonderful people, but they didn't need friendship Mm -hmm. the same way they had it. Mm -hmm. So I started going, okay, wait, who else is on the outside? Mm -hmm. Who needs a friend? Who can I give to that is going to look at friendship and prioritize it the same way I do? And that really became huge for me of just going, who else is on the outside? Who else is on the outside? Who else is looking for this? And just, and then watering that plant, because that's a plant that grow Mm -hmm. so that's where I want to give my time and energy I don't want to water plants that have no hope yeah that's a really good way to put it I mean it reminds me of something my mom encouraged me to do back in like high school or middle school when I you know kind of in that season where I was like I don't know I'm just struggling with friends and struggling to have a group or be in the group and she kind of made the comment like very similar like well you're really focused on like this one group or this one like type of friendship. She's like, what about like the, the like other outsiders of the world or the other people of the world who are feeling like, you know, who aren't maybe necessarily in the group you think you want to be a part of? Like, you know, she's like, what if you build your, and it was a good challenge for me. And again, I was like a teenager. So back then I was like, yeah, well, mom, you don't get it. But I mean, now looking (laughs) at that advice, it's like, wait, that's actually really true. You know? Yeah. yeah. We kind of live like there's only one table. And there are, that's not true. There are infinite number of tables. So Mm -hmm. if you're not being invited or you don't feel welcomed or or that one table, just they're not your people, Mm -hmm. build a table, Yeah, build a table and start inviting people. You don't have to wait. You can just do it. You can make it happen. Yeah. Be the inviter. Which is also a gift to other people. Yeah. And it's so hard. I think it's a good reminder too, to remember like sometimes the people you might end up closest with are the people you least expect to end up being. Oh, so true. You know, we fix our expectations on, well, this is the person I think is cool or interesting or like-minded or whatever. And Mm -hmm. little do you know, like there's another table, a couple tables over that's like, maybe you wouldn't have chosen that table. Maybe at first like glance, it's like, "Mm, I don't think those are my people, you know? And then you sit there and like the person next to you leans over and they've got like such a great story and you completely hit it off. And next thing you know, like those are your people, you know? So it's just, yeah, it's also kind of allowing yourself to go where you wouldn't always expect to go or connect with those or say hi to those that maybe you're like, oh, I just didn't like get that initial like thought that that would be where I land. But I think sometimes yeah. letting yourself end up where you're least expected to end up can sometimes be the best thing. 
Have you been wanting to make the switch to cleaner living and clean beauty, but feeling really overwhelmed on where to start and how to sift through all the different options out there? Friend, I get it. I have been there. When I first started my clean living journey, I was so overwhelmed and I was having such a hard time in one area in particular. I was having a really hard time finding beauty products that were clean, safe, toxin-free, but also really worked because the tricky part was I wanted to use clean products, but every time I would try clean makeup or clean shampoo or clean skincare, it just seemed like they didn't work as well as my old toxic favorites. And I found myself always wanting to go back to the more conventional stuff because it actually worked. My makeup stayed all day. My skincare was working well. So I was having a really hard time in this area until I discovered Crunchy. Crunchy is a high-performing clean beauty brand that honestly performs just as well, if not better, than my old toxic favorites. Not only that, but they are eco-friendly, they're plastic positive, which means they take more plastic out of the environment than they put in, and they're also Leaping Bunny certified and cruelty-free as well as vegan. So if you've been looking for a clean option for makeup and skincare, for clean beauty, but you just need something that works well and that doesn't harm the environment and that doesn't harm animals... Crunchy is the place to be. I highly recommend starting with the primer and foundation when it comes to makeup or the cleansing bar and the Clarolite when it comes to the skincare. And if you use my link, you can get $10 off your first order. So just go to crunchy.com slash Jordan Dooley and the $10 off will apply on the last page of checkout to your first order. Or you can just tap the link in the show notes on this episode to shop with that link and get the $10 off applied to your first order. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. With two little kids, I do most of my shopping online now, but it can be so hard to shop for things like clothes online because I never know if I'm getting good quality until it arrives. The game changer, upgrading to high quality, affordable pieces from Quince. Now I have luxury essentials that transition from one occasion to the next, and I stayed on budget. Quince has so many options to choose from, like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. One of my favorite items from Quince is the silk pajamas I got. They are so high quality, a luxury pajamas, but not at a luxury price tag. And I just feel like they don't even compare to some of the other pajamas that I have bought online or that I've bought um, just at various different stores. I'm like, these are incredible. (laughs) 
Indulge in affordable luxury by going to quince.com slash she for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash she to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash she. Thrive Market is a go-to for all your grocery and household essentials, and the convenience of getting everything online then quickly shipped to your doorstep is a huge time saver. Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories, and you can use their on-site filters to suit your lifestyle needs. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks, low-sugar alternatives, or gluten-free pantry essentials, you can curate your own shopping experience with just a few clicks. And when you shop Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one for one membership matching program. You join and they give. I use Thrive Market every single month. I get our dish detergent, dish soap, and various other just basic household essentials that are low-tox and non-tox ingredients. And it is the easiest way to get all of my favorite clean items sent right to my door at an affordable price, I should add. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash she for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash she. Thrivemarket.com slash she. Totally. And I think too that sometimes there's some really great treasures hidden in people that might be a little bit more reserved or harder to get to know. And it's not this immediate, like they're bubbly and loud and you're like, wow, I feel so connected to you. Mm -hmm. They might be really quiet. And like, you might have to spend twice the amount of time getting to the place where you're like really comfortable together, Mm -hmm. but gosh, that can be so worth it. Those people that are harder to get to know are often just, I mean, they're amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I I love to say just because someone is hard to get to know doesn't mean they aren't worth getting to know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's good. That's a really good reminder. Okay, I want to ask another question. And and I think this is really kind of, I would say it kind of branches off what you're talking about is what are some lies that we have either been told or maybe even subconsciously believe about friendship? I think there's like a lot of what we've been talking about kind of grazes the surface on that. But I want to dig into like, are there some lies that maybe even just in the thought of like, well, this was going to be my group of friends or this was my expectation or in any of the the ways we approach friendship, are there some maybe kind of general lies that we tend to subtly believe or subconsciously believe and not even realize that that's what we're doing? I think one of the big ones is that popularity equals connection. So we're on social media and we're seeing all these beautiful filtered photos of people's lives. And we're like, okay, if I can, if I can have a life that looks like that, if I can have a body that looks like that, if I can have friendship that looks like that, people will admire me and then I'll feel like I belong and I have connection. And they even look at, you know, social media accounts with tons and tons of followers and like, wow, If I just had that, if I just had that, I feel connected and like I belong. And it's just not true. I think it was Amy sent me Justin Bieber's song, uh, Lonely. And I just love Justin Bieber. It was me. Yep. (laughs) It just, just, the song is, what if I had it all, but I had no one to call. Mm -hmm. And if Bieber fever isn't cutting it, Mm -hmm. then nothing's going to cut it. Mm -hmm. Popularity is never going to equal connection and Mm -hmm. actually requires that we show up in a real and authentic way Mm -hmm. without filters. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly the opposite as social media or Mm -hmm. trying to trying to create admiration is the opposite of connection. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a big one. I think another one off the top of my head is that people should understand if I go MIA. If I disappear, they should get it. They should understand that I still love them. And I think 
yes, we all go through hard seasons where we can't show up in the way that we would like. And that's totally normal, but we need to check ourselves and make sure it's not a lifestyle because if you're not, if you're not going to be, if you're not a good friend, then you're not going to have good friendships. Mm-hmm. It's just how it is. And if you're always going, if you're always not showing up and not being consistent, then that is going to have an effect on your relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. yeah, that's good. I think, you, I, think, I think you make a good point because in the same way that we wouldn't want to feel like ghosted, you know, it's not that we expect yeah. like, like if you put yourself in the recipient shoes or on the other end of the experience, you don't necessarily expect somebody to always be available or, you know, especially if someone's going through a hard season, like I personally, and I'm sure you guys would say the same, like if I have a friend walking through something really hard or just like in a tough spot, like I don't expect her to be reaching out to me in the same way that she would, you know, and totally, but at the same time, if two, three years pass or a long period of time passes and it's literally like, I don't even like, it's almost like, I feel like I'm annoying her. If I reach out, I think that's, we haven't had an honest conversation about where she's at. It can feel like I all of a sudden begin to feel like I kind of feel like I'm walking on eggshells. Am I bothering you? Like, is this okay? You know? Yeah. And so I do think you're totally. right. Like kind of being upfront, like, Hey, I may need to take a step back. It's not you. It's just, I am, I'm so overwhelmed or I am in just such a hard place. And especially, and I think this can really apply to when one friend is in like the happiest season of their life or is experiencing the very thing that creates a lot of pain for someone else. So whether that's like, Oh, getting yeah. married while someone just while your best friend just got dumped, you know, or like something like yep. that. Like whenever there's like joy in someone's life that is like the place of pain for the other friend, sometimes that can also create like if you just go missing and you give them no heads up, it can feel like you're just over the friendship. And I think it can be very hurtful. Whereas if you're a little bit more transparent up front and say, like, hey, I am thrilled for you simultaneously I'm sad for me, you know, and like, I'm trying to work this out. And so I just need to like, love you from a distance right now, or I just need to like celebrate you or like take a minute to process. And I'm just like giving them that heads up of like, I'm processing and I'm, I am here for you and I love you, but this is also a very painful area for me. So just know that I'm trying to love you and support you in the most genuine way. I think people appreciate that. But like, again, coming back to the importance of a heads up and like just authenticity and why you're choosing to step back or why you might just like drop off the face of the earth for a little bit versus just dropping off and not saying anything, I think makes a huge difference. I totally agree. And I think that kind of authentic like communication Mm -hmm. is something we just don't, we often just don't know how to do. Like Mm -hmm. I have a, I have a close friend that I learned with her that because she she's one of those people that kind of reads you mm-hmm. like she's like wait are you okay is everything okay and I am I can be overly positive and mm-hmm. if I am having a hard time I'm like I'm great I'm wonderful mm-hmm. why would you ask mm-hmm. and she's like what is your problem mm-hmm. um, but mm-hmm. I have learned with her that when we hang out if I'm like having a bad day and I know it to just mm-hmm. text her and be like hey I am having a weird day and it's not you. I don't know Mm -hmm. what's going on, but I'm just stressed out. And it takes all the like tension Mm -hmm. out of it. Because no one's guessing. No one's left guessing. Like, did I do something? Yeah, no one's left guessing. And you can apply that to so many areas of Mm -hmm. friendship. Just keep it real. Like, this is what I'm going through. Mm -hmm. I'm feeling really weird today. Yeah. I mean, if we could learn to have honest conversations, it would be so changing but for whatever reason we didn't learn like we learned hey so with your spouse you really they can't read your mind so you need to communicate with them and communicate well and don't be don't attack them don't come from a place of being defensive just come from a place of honesty but nobody tells you hey you also need that in your friendship you also need to do that Mm because people I had a friendship end 
and I, this may be too much information. I don't know, but I had a friendship end because something happens and trying to talk to her. And her response was, you should have known what I meant by that. Or you should have known basically what I was thinking. And I was like, no, I can't do that. I cannot do that. I cannot guess. I can't interpret. I'm not going to assume because half the time we're going to assume wrong. Right. Probably not half the time, probably more than that. We're going to assume wrong. And it's just such a good place when you can just be open and honest. Cause I think if we could, if somehow there was a way to research how many friendships in because of, a simple miscommunication, mm-hmm. I think our minds would be blown. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. a simple miscommunication. Like I know one time I really value, this is one of my friends that I've had for years and years and years. And there's one night where we were talking about stuff. Um, the next morning she calls me up and she's like, Hey, I can't stop thinking about this. But when you said this, it really hurt my feelings, mm-hmm. but I want to give you a chance to explain. Okay. And I value the fact that she 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 appreciates she cared enough about me to get the real story because the truth was the way she was hearing it was completely opposite of the way I meant for it to come out. Yeah. I meant to give her a compliment and she mm-hmm. took it as a criticism, mm-hmm. which yep. isn't that's just miscommunication because yeah. we're people and the problem was solved. Our friendship could have ended there, but the problem was solved in a 30 minute conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And just be open and just be honest and be vulnerable you know, have the conversation. Our friendships are not going to last if we can't communicate. And I think a lot of that is, and I I could be wrong, but I think a lot of the reason we don't communicate is partly because it's almost like easier to try to sweep something under the rug and not face any kind of potential conflict because, you know, it's kind of the, it's the fear of like, well, I don't like your friend. She could have been like, I just need to not think about it. She probably didn't mean it that way. And like, she could stuff it, but in the back of her mind, it's going to be plaguing the friendship. And eventually you might get the vibe of like, why is she distant? Why is is she not as open with me? Like, I feel like something is changing and I can't put my finger on it, but because she never communicated anything to you. And in your brain, you're like, all I was doing was complimenting. Like you have no reason to think that there was anything unique about that conversation. And so it can create this almost like a, it can like, uh, what's the word? Um, deteriorate is the word I'm looking for. Like slowly deteriorate the friendship, you know? And it's because it's just this like sitting resentment or hurt or like hurt feelings. And yeah, I mean, I, I think you're right. And I, and I also think, you know, what I was saying too, about like the conflict, like avoiding conflict, it's like, she could have avoided calling you and telling you that because she might've been like, oh my gosh, she's going to be so offended that I'm being so sensitive. And like, she probably didn't even, you know, we can easily avoid it just because we don't want to face potential negative repercussions or like the person on the receiving end, not taking it the way we intended or, you know, things like that. And so I think totally. it's, it's learning how to yeah. say like, I feel this way. And like, I want to give you a chance to, you know, expand on what you meant or yes. this is how I took it. Yeah. It's just been bothering me. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that's so good. Do you think too, that like, we have some shame about like learned shame about, I shouldn't feel angry. I shouldn't feel opinionated. I shouldn't be so sensitive. Mm-hmm. So we try, we try and like, because we just think that we shouldn't shouldn't be feeling those things mm-hmm. but that's just that's such that that's just not of course we're gonna feel those things mm-hmm. everybody gets their feelings hurt that doesn't make you too sensitive I don't know yeah yeah I think you're right I think there definitely is this kind of learn have a thick skin they didn't mean anything by it like they, they're your friend it's fine you know or yeah. whatever you they're shouldn't just, be bothered by that that, right. that shouldn't be a big deal to you yeah yeah especially if in that relationship. And I think this is a unique situation, but I I think this will definitely apply to some people where 
in that relationship, maybe at some point in your friendship over the last several years, maybe there was a time where like you wouldn't have been bothered by that. Or you both agree that something like that shouldn't bother you. But then maybe you walk through a life experience that shifts your perspective or just makes you more sensitive or makes you see something different. And suddenly the thing that like, man, but yeah, like four years ago, neither of us would have been bothered by something like this. But now we're in a different season or now we're experiencing different things. So I think that can also occasionally happen where it's like, they're not going to get it because we just agreed like a couple years ago that this is not a big deal. And now it's a big deal. You know, so I think there's it depending on the length of your friendship and things like that, like you change as a person year by year, you know, and the experiences you walk through change your lens. They change your perspective. They change how sensitive you are. And also all the like just realities of life, you know, and the world around us, like just like the world around us is ever evolving. So is, so are we. And therefore, so is the dynamic of our friendships, even if it's the same two Mm -hmm. people. So Anyway, yep. just wanted to throw in that thought too. But one other thing I want yeah, to ask. Yeah, I totally you, oh, agree. Ahead. No, okay, I disagree. Okay. Okay, <laughs> no. great, great. I don't want to offend you. <laughs> we're, we're new friends here. I don't want to like have to mess it up too quickly. No, but out of curiosity though, I would love if you guys can share some thoughts on, you know, like I think sometimes it's inevitable that we're going to be the bad friend unintentionally, right? Like you just said, like in that case, my friend was hurt and that was not how I meant it. So what advice do you have for when those conflicts do arise or those challenges do arise? And we feel like, gosh, I have just not been very available or, oh gosh, I accidentally said something that they took the wrong way or that like did not come out how I meant. And now I'm feeling like I have to like make it right. What advice do you have for making things right when we have failed or we just haven't gone about the conversation in the most honest way or the most authentic way? What is your advice there? I would say, first of all, you want to approach everything with like the utmost of grace and humility. So I think we get really defensive and our ego starts welling up and we want to, well, I did not do it like that. You just took it wrong. And I did not. And that leads to a definite tear where if we're honest, the truth is we all mess up. Like we all mess up and we all say the wrong things and we all do the wrong things. So I think when you can approach that with humility and grace and go, no, I want to hear your side of things. And truly, I want to learn to apologize when I messed up, when I mess up. Now, I'm not going to, I don't believe that women need to apologize for everything. I don't, you know, we have definitely had a history of over apologizing. But when you do mess up, my word, please own it. Please own it. And then try to, you know, I think sometimes people... And it's not just about what you say to fix it. It's what you do going forward. So don't necessarily look for someone who makes a lot of promises. Look for someone who keeps a lot of promises and then be that kind of person. Be the person who keeps her word, who keeps her promises, who when she does mess up and fails, owns it and then gets back up and does better. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think like humility is just a huge part of it to just like swallow your pride and say, yep, I screwed up. Mm -hmm. I do that sometimes. I do that sometimes. Mm -hmm. It's so big in apologizing and then giving the other person grace because, again, you are going to be in her shoes at some point. At some point, you are going to be the one who messed up. And so just approach it with grace and vulnerability um, is so much better than coming from pride and insecurity. Our insecurity can really well up and make us act ugly Mm -hmm. towards each other. And that defensive thing, it just doesn't it doesn't do anything for bringing us together. Yeah. Yeah. I think too, expecting, like we tend to expect that we're not going to fail. I'm not going to fail in my friendship. Yeah, you are. Mm -hmm. If you have any kind of long-term friendship at some point, you're going to accidentally hurt their feelings Mm -hmm. or you're going to to not respond in the way that they need it or whatever. We're all, they're going to fail us and we're going to fail them. It's what we do when that happens. It's so important. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's so good. Okay. One last question I have for you guys. And I think this kind of even spins off a little bit of what we were just talking about, but for the person who feels either a little lonely in a room full of people, like maybe they have acquaintances around them or people that they're connected with through activities or things they're involved in. Maybe it's like their kids, friends, moms, but maybe, you know, like they're, they're with people, but they're not really feeling like they belong there. How can they, Mm. to use the metaphor we used earlier, like how can they excuse themselves from a table that isn't a good fit for them and find a place where they do belong and find a place where they do have healthy friendships? Like what is, what, what does that process look like when someone's just feeling like I'm just not where I thought I would be? You should take that one, Amy. Okay. (laughs) I think one to realize it's okay to feel that way. And Okay, I think two things need to happen there, because I think sometimes when we're like, man, I don't fit in that at this table, we do two things. Mm -hmm. I think we blame ourselves Mm -hmm. and we get really down on ourselves Mm -hmm. and that is not healthy. And two, we villainize the people that we don't fit in with. And that is Mm -hmm. also not healthy. Neither one of those is healthy or gets you to where you want to be. So I think it is just a sign of maturity Mm -hmm. when you can like politely excuse yourself and say, you know what? I really care about y'all. I think you're good people. Mm-hmm. I don't think this, the, I don't think you're the plant I'm supposed to be watering right now. I don't think this is my space. Mm-hmm. I cannot fully, I can't fully be myself here. And you just, you keep searching. Yeah. I mean, I don't know yeah. how else to, to put that. You keep looking for other people on the outside and you keep watering plants and watering plants and you're eventually going to find one that is ready to grow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sorry. I keep using the plant metaphor, but I think it's such a good one. <laughs> it's a good one. It's a good one. Yeah, I think that it is important when that happens that one, you don't blame yourself, and you don't get down on yourself, and you don't constantly think, "What's wrong with me? There's something wrong with me that I don't fit in there." Mm-hmm. No, the truth is, you change it. You might not fit in there, but that does not mean you won't fit in anywhere. That doesn't mean you won't fit in at the next table. It takes one conversation. It takes one yoga class. It takes one phone call, one text, and one random Instagram message to a stranger to change your whole life. It can happen in an instant. So do not blame yourself. Don't automatically think there's something wrong with you and don't try to change who you are. Try to find a table that just that works Mm -hmm. that works and not that not that any not there's no table that's going to be perfect Mm -hmm. there's no table that's going to be perfect I have a very 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 solid group of girlfriends right now Mm -hmm. but the truth is the first time that we hung out I started crying afterwards because I thought I like them so much I want these to be my people but I just don't know and I I cried afterwards because I wasn't sure Mm -hmm. but I I knew there was something there so I kept going kept building it and just refuse to like, I think our natural tendency is to feel a little bit of rejection. And so we step away and then the other person also steps away. And then before we know it, there's a mile of distance between us. Yeah. And so I kept saying like, no, I'm not going to do that. I am not going to let my insecurity or my fear keep me from these people. And so I just kept working at it. And and now we have the most beautiful friendship imaginable, Mm. but it took some pain in the beginning and it did take some like, some evaluating of, okay, wait, is this the right spot? Is this, there's no, it wasn't magic right from the start. Yeah. And I think that's what we expect it to be magic right from the start. Like, like a, like a rom-con when we're just walking down the street and then we're like, oh my gosh, there you are, my best friend. Mm-hmm. I found you. And then it's like happily ever after. Yeah. It just doesn't work like that. You have to keep going and keep pouring. But yeah, I would say the first thing is do not 
automatically assume that there's something wrong with you. Don't blame yourself. That that will do nothing to help you grow. Mm. And don't villainize the other people either. Also doesn't help. Yeah. I think too, like one of the qualities that I look for in a friend, and this might sound weird, is that they like me. Like they have to they have to like me as a person. It's so easy to become hyper focused on a certain group or friendship where like something feels off, but I'm going to keep focusing and keep trying to do better and and we'll I'll feel more connected to you eventually. Or you don't really you seem like you want to change me. You seem like you don't really enjoy who I am. So I'm just gonna keep working harder. Mm. It's good to have those come to Jesus moments where you're like, you know what? I don't think they really like me that much. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. That doesn't mean I need to work harder, try harder. Maybe I belong elsewhere and I just need to move along because every single one of us, every single listener, like you are amazing and you have gifts and you have pieces of your soul that are so, so important for the, to the right friendships. Mm, If you spend too long trying to work hard on the wrong relationships, you can miss out on the right ones. And if someone clearly would like to change the essence of who you are, that's not your friendship. That's not that's not where you should be. Yeah, that's great. So good. You guys, thank you so much for all the wisdom you've shared and honestly, very practical wisdom and, and steps that people can be taking, but also like things we can be doing to evaluate, like how can I be a better friend and what do I need to be more aware of? And I, just so good. I mean, honestly, it, this has been so encouraging for me and I know it will be so encouraging for our listeners. I'd love if you can share where everyone can hear more from you guys, if they want to be involved in your community or check out your book or just all the things that you put out into the world, where can they find you and where can they learn more? Well, our new book is I'll be there, but I'll be wearing sweatpants <laughs> and you can find that anywhere that books are sold. We have a page that we run together. That's all about friendship and sisterhood. And it's called sister. I am with you on mm-hmm. Facebook and Instagram. And then we also have our own pages and there's Amy Weatherly on Facebook and Instagram and also Jess Johnston on Facebook and Instagram. And thank you so much for having us. This has been so yeah, fun. Absolutely. I was going to say, thank you for being here and taking the time. It's been I mean, I think this is such a topic that can be so hard to navigate and you guys do it so well. And I think you've put out so much goodness into the world. And really, it's just, I feel like a lot of your advice is practical, but it, it gives us tools, you know, tools to really build more meaningful friendships, step in, step out, step, make more meaningful friendships. Like it's good. And it's something that we all desire. So I'm so thankful for the willingness that you had to come on and share the wisdom you guys have learned, all the hard lessons you've learned. And, um, yeah, just encourage us in the way that you have. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you, Jordan. Thank you. Thank you. I'd love to hear from you. It makes me so happy to see you tuning into this show. So if you're on Instagram, let me know what your favorite part of the show was by taking a screenshot of the episode you've tuned into and share it on your story. Tag me at Jordan Lee Dooley and tell me what your favorite quote or takeaway from today's show was so that I can see what's helping you and even feature what you share. This keeps me inspired and encouraged to keep creating new content, and it's a great way to share something that your friends might love too. I can't wait to see you in Instagram world, my friend. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about the She Podcast or to get involved in Jordan's growing community, visit jordanleedooley.com. Thanks for joining in today. Until next time, remain committed to intentional choices that refine your heart, faith, health, and work because your story is much too important to settle for anything less.
BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.